Phones blaring our podcast. Nothing is sweeter than Swiftcast. Hey guys, and welcome to a very special Grammy episode, episode 93. Yay! This is Steph. And Jill. And in a few minutes, Ashley will be joining us to tell us all about her crazy, awesome experience attending the Grammys this year. Which we are sitting here super jealous about. Yes. So stay tuned because we have a lot of really exciting Grammy talk coming up. Of course. But first we want to talk about the news and mini segments and fashion for you. So we'll start with some of Taylor's older tweets from this week from previous years. She was always doing really exciting things in previous years. So <laughs> we'll get right to that. So the first one is from February 7th, almost exactly is that really right? Six years ago? I think five. Oh, right. It's 2015. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. I think 2010 was five years ago. Anyways, so from 2010, she says, playing with glittery eyeliner in the dressing room while Elizabeth Hewitt and I discuss how caramel Tim Tams have changed our lives. So she was in Sydney five years ago touring on Speak Now. Was she not at the Grammys then? I think the Grammys were the previous week that year. Oh, okay. That was the year that she won four and dropped one. It was great. That's crazy. The next one is from February 2nd, 2011. Taylor wrote, Listening to Poison and Wine by the Civil Wars. You can't push repeat on vinyl, so I keep setting the needle back on my record player. <laughs> it's like a vintage, vintage tweet. <laughs> And this is funny because then December of that year is when Taylor announced Safe and Sound for the Hunger Games with the Civil Wars. She was always a fan. Right. And she won a Grammy for that. Fun fact. I held that Grammy. <laughs> the Safe and Sound one. Yeah, you did. That is a fun fact. <gasps> So her next one is from February 5th, 2011 again. Driving around and back to December just came on Kiss FM. So stoked. About to leave for Singapore tonight. She was doing a lot of traveling in 2011. Yeah. The next tweet is from when she arrived in Singapore on February 6, 2011. We're in beautiful Singapore. Just went exploring. Now it's time for room service and a friend's marathon. <laughs> She's still doing the same thing. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. And a more recent one, this one is very nostalgic, February 5th, 2013. I sang with Tim McGraw on a song on his new album. It's called Highway Don't Care, and it's out now, and I'm psyched about it. Check it out? Question mark? <laughs> Aw, I can't believe that was already two years ago. I know, it doesn't seem that long ago. Wow. It still seems like it's like a new one. Yeah, and it's funny to think she did release Red as a single that summer in 2013, but Highway Don't Care was really kind of her last big country song, which yeah. seemed really fitting given her first single was called Tim McGraw. It was a duo, so it wasn't even like her last real solo country song. Yeah. Our last one comes from last year, which also seems crazy that this happened already a year ago. February 7th, 2014, Taylor tweeted, About to fly to Berlin, just relaxing on this comfortable couch at the airport, and she Instagrammed this video of her trying to put her legs up on the wall. Oh, right, that one. I was trying to think which one it was. That was hilarious. This was when she finally discovered her Instagram again. <laughs> yeah, and then she started talking to fans. It's funny to think she went so long without using it, and now she uses it almost every day. Uh-huh. 
I think she said she forgot the password to her Instagram and that's why she wasn't using it. But she didn't even like bother to figure it out for so long. She was just like, eh. <laughs> and now she uses it every day. We hope you're enjoying going back in time with us with this new segment. I think it's really fun and sometimes depressing to think how quickly time is going. But next we want to give you some of the new news that's been going on with Keeping Up with Swift. Yeah, and we have some exciting ones. This one is very appropriate for this month. The Valentine's Day packages that we all know so well have gone international and Taylor has been sending gifts to fans in the UK and Australia, which is crazy because the Christmas packages, I think, only went to US fans and now the Valentine's Day ones are going international. That's crazy. Those big boxes. It's so cool to hear their accents too on the videos. I'm so excited that she's sending them all over now, all over the world. Yeah, I think they're going to be going all over the place and we'll get to hear even cooler accents on these videos. I wonder if she's only sending Valentine's Day gifts to single people and that's why we haven't gotten one. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to say that's the reason. All right, you can go for that. (laughs) (laughs) Our next one is really exciting. Taylor's been out in LA a lot this past week getting ready for the Grammys and she was actually spotted shopping for wrapping paper for these packages. And then she was out with Lena Dunham and Hozier. She went to see a Haim concert, and then she also danced around the Grammy Museum at her own exhibit, which was hilarious. The most exciting thing about this past week is she was spotted twice going to a recording studio. And one of those times was with Haim. We obviously know that's going to happen. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty obvious. Yeah, I really can't wait. I mean, I have a couple of theories on this. I really do think she's recording a song for John Green's new movie, Paper Towns. So I wonder if maybe she's getting that ready. Maybe she's doing something with Haim. Who knows? Maybe she just went to see Haim at a studio. We don't know. But if they would collaborate, that would be really cool. Some of the songs that made it on 1989 were recorded in January of 2013. Like, All You Had to Do Was Stay and How You Get the Girl. So she could be recording right now songs for album six. Let that sink in. It's very exciting stuff. So our next piece of news is super exciting, and Taylor even tweeted about it, so she's excited. 1989 was number one for the 10th week, and that's a big deal. 10 weeks, that's more than a month. (laughs) Two months. (laughs) And it's expected to be number one again for 11th week. And Taylor is now the second woman ever to have an album be number one for more than 10 weeks. The only other person that's done that is Whitney Houston. And 1989 has now sold over 6 million copies worldwide. So that's a lot of exciting facts. That's a lot. I can't believe the only person to do that is Whitney Houston, like one of the biggest musicians ever. Exactly. I'm sure Taylor will eventually surpass how many weeks she's had albums at number one. Whitney had, I think, 46 weeks of being at number one. 46 weeks? 46 weeks, and Taylor's at, like, 35 or 36 right now, I think. Oh, I thought you meant 46 weeks in a row. I was like, no. (laughs) No, not in a row. Non-consecutive weeks, just over her career. Do you know how many who holds the record for, like, the most in a row straight? Because I wonder if she could beat that. Actually, it doesn't seem like they list that, but with the next album, Taylor will probably be up to beating records for the most cumulative weeks at number one. Whitney has 46, and then you have Garth Brooks and Michael Jackson have 51, Elvis Presley has 67, and the Beatles have 132. Wow. I don't know if she'll beat 132, but... 
Maybe when she's 70 and records her yeah. 25th album, right? Well, she'll she'll definitely be the first woman. Yeah. Like I said, Whitney has 46 and Taylor's, I think, at 35 or 36 already. So even with her next album, she should become the woman with the most cumulative weeks at number one. That's crazy. She'll definitely get it. Yeah, without a doubt. So then before attending the Grammys, Taylor was at Clive Davis's pre-Grammy party and she took Abigail as her date. They looked so pretty. Oh, her outfit. It was so perfect. Didn't it kind of remind you of the VMA outfit? A little bit, but I liked this one better. I liked the color better and it was the white pogots. Oh, so pretty. It looks so good on her. Yeah, I like this one a little better than the VMA outfit too. I loved it. She and Abigail looked good together with the pale blue and midnight blue Mm -hmm. combination. But Taylor sat at a table with Haim and Jack Antonoff. Of course, she was dancing. She was even dancing to Shake It Off. (laughs) Dancing to her own song. Which was hilarious. They all looked so good. We all need to get invited to that party. It looks like such a cool party every year. I'm so glad Abigail went with her. I know. Last year, she took Brittany Mack, her childhood friend, and this year, Abigail. I'm so excited to see them at the Grammys together. I think it's going to be hilarious. Yeah, it will be. Hopefully, Ashley sits with all of them. Yeah, I hope so. When she joins us in a few minutes, we will find out. Next, we want to give you a couple dates that you should write down on your calendar, set your DVR for, because Taylor has some things coming up, and we don't want you to miss them. So the first one I'm really excited about, it's SNL's 40th anniversary special, and that's going to be on February 15th. That's a Saturday, yeah? It's a Sunday. It's a Sunday, so it's not going to be on its normal day or time slot, but it's got the most popular time slot because it's going to be huge. And if you've been seeing the commercials, Taylor's name is in the commercials, so we don't know what she's going to be doing. I think she might just be a special guest, a candidate or something, I don't know. Yeah, I was thinking that too. I don't think they'll even have one host for this show. I think it's probably just going to be a bunch of stuff going on. No, I mean, if you looked at like all the celebrities' names that flashed up there, there were so many. I think they're probably just going to have all these special candids that maybe they're only on the screen for a minute or so, but it's still going to be really awesome. I'm super excited for it because I love SNL. Yeah, me too. Amy Poehler's going to be on it. Yeah, and hopefully Seth Meyers will return. No, that was heartbreaking. They can't be together. (laughs) (laughs) Well, after that, Taylor will attend the Brit Awards on February 25th. She is performing, so we're still expecting a first ever live performance at an award show of style. She's also nominated for International Female Solo Artist at the show, and I think she'll win it. Definitely. She always wins those. I mean, who else can sell 6 million albums worldwide in 10 weeks? It's her. (laughs) Taylor has also actually been nominated for International Album of the Year at Canada's Juno Awards, and that's going to air on March 15th. Do you know the time? We don't know the time yet, and I'm not sure that it will be available on regular TV stations. It might be a live stream. We're probably going to have to live stream it if you're in the U.S. or anywhere else besides Canada. We'll keep you updated, though, as it gets closer. And finally, on March 29th, the second annual iHeartRadio Music Awards will happen. This year, Taylor's up for four awards. Artist of the Year, Song of the Year for Shake It Off, Best Lyrics for Blank Space, and Best Fan Army, which, of course, we are the best, right? Obviously. (laughs) 
And that particular category is fan voted. So go on to iHeartRadio's website and submit your vote for Swifties. I'm really excited for that. I think she's going to win a lot. I think she will. Last year, she didn't attend, but because she's up for so many, who knows? Yeah, I definitely think she's going to win. Next, we want to give you some of our mini segments. We have a lot of Swifty problems this week. As always. <laughs> so our first Swifty problem comes from at SeagullSwift13. Taylor's The Other Side of the Door will be my painkiller for tonight. Music is very therapeutic, especially when it's Taylor's. Our next one is from at Agent Swifty. Was at Walmart, saw Fearless for $9. Freaked out. Parents said no. Swifty problems. Man, you should just buy yourself. Who cares what they say? Uh, our next one is from at the 13 theory. Really wish Polaroid cameras and film weren't so expensive. I wouldn't know what that's like because I don't have one. <laughs> I didn't know they were. The film was that expensive. Yeah, they are. I don't have one though. I think it's good we don't have one because I would use that thing so fast. For me, I wouldn't know where to put all the Polaroids. I would have to buy albums or something to put them all in. Just fly through the film so fast and spend so much money on it. It's good we don't. It does seem like something Swifties will have a lot of at tour, though. Yeah, for sure. I, I'm pretty sure I'm going to see lots of costumes that are just completely Polaroids, like outfits made out <laughs> of Polaroid. That's a good idea. Calling it. If any of our listeners do that, you should send us photos. Yes. Our next one is from at Life 13 Today they played I Knew You Were Trouble at Work, and it was so hard to not sing along and do hair flips. Swifty problems. Side note, it's almost been a year since the hair flip at the Grammys. <laughs> yes. And all the memes. That was so great. That was my favorite Grammy performance. It was. Mine too. Our next one is from at Lil underscore Swifty. My friends saw my Taylor phone case and they just said typical <laughs> Swifty problems. <laughs> they sound like not nice friends. <laughs> at least they know who you are. True. Our last one for this week comes from at Forte. I like that. <laughs> I like that too. So while we were changing classes, they played Blank Space, and when it came on, everyone looked right at me. Swifty problems. What? Your school plays music when your classes change? That's awesome. Yeah, that's pretty cool. My school never did that. Mine either. Next, we have some fashion for you, and Taylor wore a lot of really great outfits in LA this week. And they weren't that expensive at all this week. Yeah. So our first one was actually when she was leaving Catchlight Studios, and that was on February 3rd, and it was in West Hollywood. She wore a Brandy Melville Briar corduroy skirt, and that was $26, and she wore a red Jay Mandel matin tote. Well, she carried it, and that was a whopping $2,350, but that's sold out, so don't worry about it. And then she also <laughs> had on her Fry Carson Oxford heel in cognac, and that was $114, and you can get those on eBay. Yeah, that was a great outfit. It was. She wore a navy blue top with it that hasn't been located yet, but it looked really good with the corduroy skirt. And the skirt is not expensive at all. It's under 30 bucks. That's so good. And I love the cute buttons on the front of it. Mm -hmm. That same day, Taylor was spotted shopping and actually picking up some wrapping paper to send to Swifties around the <laughs> world. 
she wore a houndstooth printed sort of jumper that had a little sort of skirt around it. It was really cool. And it had florals on it. This is pretty inexpensive, so if you can pull it off like Taylor, you should definitely go buy it. The top is from Misguided. It's called the Anna Floral Dog Tooth Top. It's on sale for $7.60. Oh my god! <laughs> That's like nothing. That's insane. And then the bottom short slash skirt thing is also from Misguided, and it's called the Maria Floral Dog Tooth Skirt, and it's on sale for $19. I can't believe how cheap that is. You can get the whole outfit for $26, pretty much. That's insane. An outfit Taylor wore for 26 bucks. You should probably skip the purse that she carried because it was the same red J. Mendel matin tote that is $2,350. But you can get her shoes. They were black ASOS Have It Your Way heeled sandals, and those are on sale for only $66.33. That's not bad for shoes. Well, I mean, they are sandals, but... <laughs> yeah. Or you can just wear flip-flops with it and for $3, and then you have a whole outfit for under 30 Yeah, there you go. Our next one was the next day on February 4th when she was at the studio, again in West Hollywood. She wore the misguided variety skort in black, and that was with the black top. That's only $34, so again, this is kind of a cheap outfit day. She wore the Free People patent pork pie hat, which she's worn before. That's unavailable. It's $58. And then again, she wore her ASOS Have It Your Way heeled sandals. Those are $66 again. Then she had her twist lock satchel bag, which is from the Cambridge Satchel Company, and it had her initials on it, the little TS. That's 149 euros, so I don't know how much that is in dollars. But I mean, the skirt and the hat were cheap. Yeah, that was a cute outfit too. A lot of her skirts are not expensive at all. It's just not warm enough to wear them yet for me. Yeah, I know. <laughs> not where we live, at least. <laughs> Maybe stock up now for the summer. Yeah. And then when Taylor attended the pre-Grammy party on February 7th, she wore her pale blue romper that we talked about earlier. And that is from the Osmond Spring 2015 collection. And then her sandals were Eve San Loren Tribute 105 sandal in pale blush. Those were $925. And then she carried a sparkly jean clutch. And that is from Eddie Parker. It is $1,095. I really liked that though. It was so sparkly. I love that romper so much. So cute. I would never have any place to ever wear it, but it's so cute. <laughs> and it's probably $2,000 or something. Yeah, probably. Another exciting thing that happened this past week is the new Keds ads for the Spring Collection was released. There's a little video of Taylor dancing around and she's in all these different outfits and Keds. So we wanted to give you some of those outfits because they're also very affordable for the most part. Her Keds outfits are on point. They are so cute. So in the ad, it was the one that was white and black and it was like a grid print crop top and skirt set. And that was from American Apparel and it was the grid print Lulu crop, which is only 42 bucks. Again, the American Apparel, the grid print Lulu skirt. That was obviously a matching outfit. And that was 46 bucks. So that's really cheap for a cute outfit. And that outfit was really cute. And then she wore the Keds Champion Dip Dye Lace in Mint Green. And those are $45, which is the normal Keds price. There's so many Keds, I can't even keep up with them anymore. I know. And I love them all. I feel like there's a new Keds every week. <laughs> <laughs> So that outfit was really cute if you guys want a really affordable spring outfit. 
Her next outfit I really loved too. It was a floral multicolored romper from Urban Outfitters. It's called the Kamichi Blue Ashley Lace-Up Back Romper. Unfortunately, it's sold out, but I really hope they bring it back. It's such a pretty romper. With that, she wore the Keds Champion Botanical Leaves sneaker, which I also loved. They were in blue, and they're $50. Were those ones for spring or fall? <laughs> I thought the blue made them kind of springy. Yeah. And then her next outfit was the white lace top with the coral shorts. And I love those shorts. And the top was actually from Forever 21. It was called the Eyelash Lace Top. And that's only $20. And she wore those with the Keds Champion Dip Dye Lace in Coral, which were very pretty. I love that color. And those are $45. That was a great outfit, and I loved how they put her in that little swing thing. Mm -hmm. Then she also wore a striped top with these blue flowy shorts when she was kind of dancing around on a patio with people. The top is from Topshop. It's called the Stripe Raglan Tee. It is $31, but unfortunately it's sold out right now. Her shorts have not yet been located, but she was wearing her Keds Champion Washed Beach Stripe in navy, and those are $50. I want those shorts. I want them to locate them. They're so cute. Ugh. I'm just getting so excited over the spring. I was so excited when I saw that because I was like, spring! I want it to be warm. Me and Steph hate the winter, so we're very excited. We hate it so much. We're just freezing to death. <laughs> yeah. And then the last outfit was plaid shorts and a white button-up top. And those aren't located yet, but the shoes she wore with them was the Keds Double Decker Sneaker in white canvas. And those were $50, but they're on sale for 40 and they have no laces. Yeah, they're like easy slip-ons. Yeah, I love those shoes. They're just the slip-on ones. And I love those shorts. She's holding these lights and she has on these really cute plaid shorts and I really like them. I just, that whole commercial. I love how they dress her in like affordable outfits that are Urban Outfitters, American Apparel. That's all stuff that's like in the mall. Yeah. And we can easily buy mm -hmm. it and buy the kids and look just like her. Yeah. <laughs> So if Taste with Style locates the other items, we will definitely let you know because all the outfits were so great. But thank you to her for finding all of this stuff and telling us about it. You can go to her website, tastewithstyle.com, and click through to see pictures and links. So now it's time for our main discussion. Unfortunately, Jill had to leave us for this portion, but... Ashley just returned from her trip out to the Grammys, and the first thing she did when she got back was record this episode for you guys because she's so excited to talk about it. And because Jill was not able to make this part of the episode, we have our other member of SwiftCast, Ashley. She is our social media correspondent. And so when you look at a lot of our social media accounts, Ashley's the one doing all the work on that. And this is going to be her first time recording an episode with us. So thank you both Ashleys for coming to talk to us about the Grammys. Hey, hey guys. <laughs> we almost had a third Ashley today. We did. I was at the Grammys last night, as you guys know, and I was hanging out with T-Swift LA, whose name is also Ashley, and we had a lot of fun, but she couldn't make it for today, but this would have been a very challenging episode. Oh, that would have been so much fun. And we all spell it the exact same, too. Yeah, that's hilarious. There are so many different ways to spell it. Yeah, I pretty much just got off the plane like an hour ago, so I'm really excited to be talking about this. Yeah, we have not heard anything. So, 
you told me not to talk to you until the episode, and then you were bombarding me with questions. <laughs> well, you weren't allowed to have your phone during the ceremony, so we were all typing, where's Ashley? Have you seen her on camera? Just dying to know what happened. So just give us the rundown. Well, a lot of people have been asking me just how I got to go, and someone I don't even know tweeted me and said, you must be really rich or have connections, and I thought that was funny and awkward and not true at all. (laughs) So the way I got to go was as a seat filler, and what a seat filler is is basically uh, there are companies whose job it is to bring fans into award shows and place them in any seat that's not taken by a guest so that when the camera shows the audience on TV, it looks like it's a full house. So that's how I got to go. Yeah, and you won a writing contest, right? That had tons of submissions. Yeah, there's thousands and thousands of people every year wanting to go. And this company had a special contest on Christmas on their Facebook page saying, for people who have never gone before, write something telling us why you would like to go and we'll pick 10 winners. And I actually wrote something that... I wrote my answer, but I tried to write it to what was similar to the tune of Blank Space, and I put that in there, but it probably actually made no sense. (laughs) But then I also put a paragraph just saying why I wanted to go. And there were only supposed to be 10 winners, so they posted 10, and I wasn't one of them. And then they said, okay, we're going to pick five more, and I wasn't one of them. And they were like, okay, we're going to pick five more, and I still wasn't one of them. And then finally, in the last group of people that they kept adding, I won. Yay! That's awesome. This era has been your lucky era for sure. I know, and the tour hasn't even started. (laughs) Going to the Grammys has been such a bucket list item for me. I got to go to the CMAs, luckily, and I didn't know it at the time, but basically Taylor's last year that she might ever go to those, which was 2013. And you've also been to the CMT Awards. I have, yes. And (laughs) if I had to rank them... CMT awards would probably be at the bottom because I feel like no one takes them that seriously. Yeah, the Grammys are definitely top of the list. Yeah, I um I went at the same time as Ashley did to the CMT awards, and I have to say it probably wasn't as much fun as the Grammys was. I can probably say that. <laughs> but what it did have going for it was at least Taylor performed. Yeah. But Taylor was really involved last night. She did the introduction to Sam Smith's performance. And then at the very beginning, she presented Best New Artist to Sam Smith. Yeah, so I sort of wanted to start from just the very beginning of my day and tell you guys all about everything that happened because there was a lot. So I got my hair and makeup done professionally because I really wanted to look nice. And when I went to the salon, every single person was basically there for the Grammys. Oh, wow. Did you see anyone famous? No, they were all just industry people or people from out of town, you know, people that were guests of someone who was nominated type of thing. But it was in Hollywood, so it was definitely the place to be to get your hair done. And it's funny because I'm from Chicago, as you guys probably know, and everyone I told here was so excited and amazed I was going. But in L.A., if you tell someone, they're like, oh, yeah. Big deal. Either they've already been to it, so it's not a big deal, or they just think of it as like something causing a lot of traffic. So they're like, oh, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Plus, people that live there see celebrities everywhere, so it's not really as exciting to them, I guess. So I did that, and then I got all ready, and we had to meet at 1 o'clock to check in for the seat fillers, and the show didn't start until 5. So from 1 o'clock until about 4.30, we were out in the hot sun with no water and couldn't go to the bathroom, and it was pretty terrible, actually. 
Did you have to leave your phone in your car before you went to the meeting spot? Yeah, they said absolutely no phones were allowed. So that was even more challenging because when we were standing there for all those hours, we had nothing to do at all. So you mainly just had to have your identification with you and that was it. Yeah, and you couldn't even bring a big purse. It had to be a very small purse. So how warm was it while you were standing in the sun? It was probably only 70 degrees, but we were in direct sunlight, so it it felt warmer than that. Okay. So we were standing out there for a really long time. Finally, at about 4.30, they brought us into the Staples Center, and at that time, we could finally use the bathroom and get a drink and whatever we needed to do before the show. So the celebrities were coming in little by little and filling up their seats, and at about 4.55 is when they actually let us in. And the show was starting at five. So when that happened, everyone's in a single file line. And there were tons of workers from the seat filler company. And they're all just literally shoving you into every available seat. It was extremely chaotic. Wow. So we were all down on the floor. So before all of this happened, did you get to actually walk on the red carpet? No, we didn't get to go anywhere near it. That was kind of a bummer. Could you see it though? We passed the general area where it was happening. We knew where it was, but we didn't really get to see anything. Uh-oh. So your meeting spot was towards the back of the arena, nowhere near yeah. the carpeted. Mm-hmm. They had a special entrance for us. So how did they determine where you sat? You said they just kind of shoved you in a seat based on where you were in line? Yeah, where you were in line kind of depended on what time you got there, but not even really because as they moved us throughout the afternoon, people kept shifting spots and there were a few people that they pulled out of line early and put in specific spots. I think they tried to group some people of similar races together or if someone they thought, I guess, had a look like what a certain section looked like for some reason, there were a few people that they put in specific spots, but almost everyone just you could sit wherever there was an empty spot. Okay. So was it like if you were at the front of the line, you got to go to the front of the seating area? Kind of, but it was so crazy that nothing really was in any logical order. It was literally them having us run to seats at the same time that actual guests were still taking the seats. So one second it might look like a seat was open and they say go there. And then as you're going there, someone shows up and sits there. And then you have to go back to the workers and they point you somewhere else. So you said you got to sit on the floor area. Did they have like a sectioned off part that's like, okay, this is where the celebrities and their guests sit. And then from this point forward is where any of the seat fillers were going to sit? No, it was really all mixed up. So for the celebrities, as we know, Taylor was in the front row and a lot of the other really A-list celebrities were sitting around her but some seat fillers got to go towards those first few rows and then the whole floor was really a mixture. I saw celebrities everywhere I looked from the front to the back of the floor. Wow. wow. That must have been crazy. (laughs) It really was. And in a way, it kind of reminds you that they're just people. So the first seat that I was in was about halfway back on the floor. And it was good that I was in this spot because it gave me a very good view when Taylor presented the first award, which I didn't know that she was going to. But after I was in the seat, I looked to my left on the aisle and I see Miley Cyrus walking to her seat, which was just kind of crazy. Like you see her on TV, she's just right there. And then I looked over to my right on the other aisle, there's Neil Patrick Harris and his husband. Wow. And they were just sitting there like anyone sitting in a concert. That's awesome. Just like sitting there in the same room with all these celebrities and just looking around and you're just like, oh, look, you know, there's Neil Patrick Harris. It's just a normal day, not doing anything special. (laughs) Really, that's exactly what it was like. And so I was sitting about halfway back 
ACDC opened the show. They were the first performance, so I was there for that. And then Taylor presented her award. I wasn't sitting next to anyone famous. I was sitting next to a photographer. For all I know, he could have been a famous photographer, but he just seemed like a normal one, and he was polite and everything. And then about a few minutes after Taylor presented the first award to Sam Smith, I was told I had to move from the seat. So there was also a holding area in the way back where if you got moved out of your seat and there wasn't another seat nearby, you had to go to the back until they told you to go back up to another seat. Were there a lot of people in the holding area when you had to move? There were about 300 total seat fillers. And at any time, there were probably at least 100 people in the back. So did you have to wait for a long time in that holding area? Yeah, I was probably back there for about an hour. Could you see, though? Not really. So the area they had us in was actually behind the cameras, and it was totally blocked off. There was a screen, so we were pretty much watching it on the screen. An hour is a long time to be stuck there. Yeah, so I was back there for a lot of the performances. Unfortunately, I was back there during Ed Sheeran's performance, which I was really looking forward to, but I still enjoyed it. Oh, yeah. Eventually, I got moved back up close to where I was in the beginning. I moved back up right when Lady Gaga's performance was about to start. Okay. And then I was pretty close for the rest of the show. But I should also mention that the moving only could happen during commercial breaks. Even celebrities couldn't go back to their own seats if they weren't in there when it came back from commercial. So then when the two or three minute commercial break would happen, there would be a timer on the screen telling everyone how long till it came back. And it was literally a crazy game of musical chairs. I can imagine that would be like pandemonium (laughs) with how short the commercial breaks are. And so at one point when I was in my original seat, but before I moved, after ACDC performed, I saw Keith Urban and Nicole Kidman walk in and they couldn't find their seats. (laughs) That's crazy. I know. And I've met Keith before and he's just like a totally down to earth, normal guy, but it was still crazy being so close to him. And so they had an escort who was helping them and they ended up standing right behind me for about five minutes. Wow. So you could have turned around and just talked to them? Technically, but we weren't supposed to do that. They told us not to do that unless they started talking to us first. Oh, it's a bummer. Yeah, but they seemed just totally casual, like, oh, no problem. We'll just wait till we can find our seats. When you first went into the theater and y'all were getting seated, I noticed that they put place cards with the pictures of like the celebrities and where they're going to be sitting. Were there any of those still out when you had gone in like to verify where everybody was going to be sitting? I didn't see any. And I think by the time they brought us in, like, at least 90% of the celebrities were already seated. Oh. And I feel like maybe they might only do that in the first few rows because that's where the most VIP people are. Neil Patrick Harris, I was kind of surprised, didn't have a better seat because I consider him pretty famous, but he's also not a musician. So I guess he was just a guest and they didn't give him a close seat. The band Perry was sitting towards the middle of the floor also. Oh, wow. So how close did you get to them? I only saw them when I was walking to my new seat, so I didn't really get that close, but it was cool seeing them. I liked them. Yeah. There were several moments throughout the night where people would walk past me, and I'm like, I'm pretty sure that was, you know, any number of artists, but I was never entirely sure. I'm pretty sure fun walked past me, but I wasn't 100%. I don't know if this is getting off topic or jumping ahead, but I know when I was sitting here watching Saya's performance, I remember looking at one of the dancers and I remember saying, that looks a lot like Kristen Wiig, (laughs) but that can't be her. And then come to find out this morning when I was looking on Twitter and Facebook, apparently that actually was her dancing 
Yeah. So when that performance happened, I was in about the fourth row, but I was pretty far off. I was all the way on the far right side, so nowhere really near the cameras. And another interesting thing I wanted to say about the performances was that when you see it on TV, it looks like they're taking up the whole stage, but actually each performance only takes up about a third of the main stage. They have several people sets being built at any given time and always had the next few performances sets waiting on the stage. So the sets would already be up for maybe like three or four performances, but when you see it on TV, the cameraman pretty much just zones into that one area and that's what you see. Right. So they had a little corner of the stage that was set up like, I guess it was a living room scene. And so because of the setting, it was almost built like a room and they were towards the back of the room. So there were all these camera people needing to get up close and they kind of blocked the audience's view. So I could see the performance, but I didn't see their faces. And all I noticed was that Sia and the two dancers all had the same wigs and I didn't really examine it too far past that. And I did not notice at all that it was Kristen Wiig, so I thought that was so funny this morning. I thought it was a joke at first. Even while I was watching it, I didn't notice it. And then today I looked online and saw her name all over the news and thought, oh, how did like, I miss I didn't that? even know she was a dancer. I didn't um, if she has any you know, dance background or if it was meant to be more of a joke kind of thing. But, I mean, she did really well dancing around with the other dancer that was there. Yeah, it was a pretty dramatic performance, and Sia also has, uh, I guess, signature of always dancing with her back to the camera, so that's a little distracting, and I just didn't know what to focus on. I was just sort of trying to figure that performance out, and I had no idea that was her. Yeah, I was a little confused by it. I was like, when is she going to turn around? And she never did. Yeah, I was a little distracted by that, too, because I couldn't even tell if she was singing live with her back towards I think she was. It sounded like she was, but yeah, it was interesting. They also had what I guess we would call a B-stage, a round circular stage that was in the middle of the floor. And is that where Lady Gaga was? That's where she was, and um, Brandi Clark was there. I think Juanes, the Spanish act, was there. Mm -hmm. A number of performances were on that stage. Yeah. Maybe again, jumping ahead a little bit, but which was your favorite performance or performances? Well, (laughs) I'm just laughing because one thing that I noticed and the whole audience kept commenting on, and maybe you guys noticed it too, was that for some reason there were a lot of religious themes this year. Hmm. There were several performances that either the song was somehow about religion or they had gospel choirs on stage. And I read a tweet today that was like, Actually, I think it was Neil Patrick Harris's tweet that said, was it the same gospel choir in every performance or did they just have like an army of them backstage? (laughs) And I think they actually had an army of them because there were several times when we saw those people walking around, like going to their spots. And I think they were all different groups of people. So that was, I guess, a little unexpected. One thing I really did like, which I wasn't expecting to like as much as I did, was Sam Smith's performance of Stay With Me. I really liked that he had Mary J. Blige duet on it. I thought that made it a totally different take on the song. And as I think I said on our episode with Tim and Carson, when we saw him at Jingle Ball, I just wasn't very entertained or engaged, but I was in this performance. Yeah, I liked that better than his Jingle Ball performance as well. It's funny that I don't I don't want to say this is my favorite because I'm so tired of this song, but Pharrell did Happy, and I thought that the way that he sort of remixed it was really good, too. Oh, really? I didn't like it. I just think it was refreshed to not have to hear the radio version. Yeah, you're right. 
I guess he kind of needed to because as we talked about on the episode with Tim and Carson, it's an older song. And I was really surprised that it won against Taylor and a lot of other good songs just because it's a little bit stale, I guess. It's just not as new. I would have to say that my favorite was Ed because he's my favorite artist of everyone that performed by a long shot. Mm -hmm. He was also my favorite. And I was thinking, I wonder, I mean, obviously it's the Grammys, you know, you need to step it up and do as much as you can to make it a full performance. But do you think that was strange for him having so many people on stage with him when he usually has nobody? I think it would be. Although he's been doing promotion over here in the U.S., like on The Late Late Show and on Ellen, and he's had a band behind him for those performances. So maybe he's getting used to it. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I liked it. And I think that even though he had all those people, I don't think it overpowered him. I think he still was able to shine. Yeah, I was talking to people who had no idea who Ed even was, and they liked his performance the best. And I was just mad that I was in the back when he performed because I couldn't see Taylor dancing to it. Yeah, did you get to see the photos, though? She did break it down. I did, yeah. Did you get to see an audience cam while you were back there? No. Okay. The only thing that we saw, so what they did during the commercials besides the countdown saying how much time we had, is every commercial break they would show clips from past year's Grammy performances. And I was really, really upset that they did not show any of Taylor's. That's crazy. I thought they would at least have shown last year's, but they seem to really like showing Eminem performances for some reason. I feel like I saw five Eminem performance clips. Wow, that's surprising (laughs) that they didn't show many other artists. Yeah, I would have loved to see the audience cam or the backstage cam, but they didn't. We didn't get to see that. Well, you told us before we started recording that you had a very exciting moment when you walked in, and you needed to tell our listeners about that. So when I walked in, when we were first getting seated, as I mentioned, it was very chaotic and rushing to your seats. But one of the first things I noticed was a couple of people in front of me, a girl with curly hair, and I immediately knew it was Abigail. (laughs) And then she sort of turned around that it definitely was. And she's so pretty. Yeah, she looked gorgeous last night. I don't think I've ever seen her in person at a show or anything. I feel like I know her because, you know, we've all paid attention to her for years, but I've never actually seen her in person. And you said she wasn't with Taylor at the time? She wasn't. Taylor was probably backstage since she was about to present the first award. Was Abigail with Tree or Haim? She was with Robert Allen, who is the head of 13 Management. And then when they went to their seat, Haim was behind them. And I think Tree was over there, too. Oh, And also, I was going to say it's interesting because, as I mentioned, celebrities were seated anywhere on the floor, not necessarily in the front. And the front was mainly reserved for really, really top acts. And Haim was in the second row. And I definitely think Taylor got them that seat because, not to be rude, but they were not second row celebrity status yet. So I'm jumping around quite a bit because I'm just saying things as I remember it. So one performance that I also was not close to the stage for but could see it all on the screen was Katy Perry's performance, which before she performed, they showed a video from Obama talking about how we need to fight against women getting raped. And then there was a domestic violence survivor who gave a speech. And I had no idea where this was going. It was obviously an important message that people should hear, but I didn't feel like it was the place. And I was trying to figure out why they were doing it and what it was leading into and who was going to be performing that would somehow tie into this anti-violence message. And then when Katie came out, I was very confused because I never had any feeling like her song 
what is it? The grace of God. Yeah. Had anything to do with rape or domestic violence or anything similar to that at all. I thought that song was about her going through her divorce with Russell Brand. And I didn't know if she was trying to suggest that Russell abused her. I don't think she was. I think it probably was poor planning on the Grammys part. Yeah, I mean, if you take it out of context, obviously it's a song about struggles in a relationship and you can tie it to that anti-domestic violence message. But then it's like you're almost saying that that's what it was about and it isn't and shouldn't be perceived that way because that's like basically accusing him of being a woman beater, which I'm pretty sure he's not. Yeah, and that was my reaction to the performance as well. If anything, they should have had someone like Rihanna do it because at least we know that she's someone who's been through it and it would make more sense. Exactly. Yeah, I was left after seeing that performance thinking, did Russell actually abuse her and we don't know about it? Or did the Grammys just decide to do this and Katie said yes and now everybody's going to think Russell did abuse her? I don't know. I think it was poorly executed. I was just upset because if I had to see her perform, I just wanted the sharks. I, exactly. I just wanted the sharks. <laughs> I mean, that would have been perfect. It's only been a week since the Super Bowl. Like It's timely. People would have loved it. Yeah, she definitely should have included them because they're all over the internet still. Would have been smart. The other thing that confused me about her was her hair last night because when she was sitting in her seat, she had short purple hair. And then when she performed, she had long black hair. And I didn't know which was the wig and which was her yeah, hair. I saw an article today talking about that. The title was 10 Magical Things That Happened at the Grammys That You May Not Have Noticed. And that was one of them. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea which one is her hair or if either of them even are. Did you get close to her at all? Not really, but at one point I had like a clear view of her, but she was still on the other side of the arena for me. Well, speaking of articles in the news the day after the Grammys, the biggest thing seemed to be the newest incident with Kanye. And I don't know if you were able to see this at all, but he ran up on stage while Beck was accepting Album of the Year, which is funny. Tim and Carson predicted that Beck would maybe win that. And when I was watching it on TV, it was like a flash, just an instant. And you see Kanye and then he walks off the stage. The camera's probably cut away from him on purpose. Could be. But I thought it was a joke. I thought he was just being funny. And I said, does he actually think that's funny? Because it's not. And then afterward, he did an interview with Entertainment Tonight and said he was completely serious. He didn't think Beck deserved the award. Beyonce should have won it. And he was just kind of ranting about the integrity of the Grammys. Did you get to see any of that or know what was going on? I was pretty close to the front when they presented this award, but there was a lot going on. And also, I think I was just kind of not paying attention because I I did think it was surprising and kind of disappointing that he won. But no, I didn't notice it. And then, like you said, it was a flash. And then the people around me were all like, wait, what happened? Because some people noticed it. We were very confused. Yeah, it was so quick. And like you, I was sitting here bummed that Ed didn't win. I'm sure you were pulling for him, too. Oh, yes. I was literally holding my breath. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, Kanye is back on stage. But during a commercial break, Taylor actually went over to him and they took all these photos. Now, was that before or after he did this? I believe it was after. Who knows? Taylor might have thought it was a joke, too. I think a lot of people thought it was a joke until he did the interview after the ceremony was over. 
I really just don't know what to say because obviously he's never lived that down. And I don't think there's any way he could think that he could get away with doing something like that again. As arrogant as he might be, I don't think he's that stupid. So I just don't understand. Yeah, I don't either. He said in an interview that he was about to take the mic, but then he thought about his daughter and decided that he should just get off the stage. So I guess that shows maturity a little bit, maybe. I don't know. I don't understand. Yeah, I'm glad that Taylor is okay with everything and she's so classy and can get over anything. She was also hanging out with Diplo after the Grammys. So who knows, maybe she'll be hanging out with Katy Perry next. But for me, I just don't understand how he can pull the same thing and think it was a good idea. I think they said it was his first time performing back on the Grammys in like six years. Right. He had boycotted the Grammys for many years. And then he was performing twice last night and interrupted Beck's acceptance. So he was on stage a lot. Maybe he's just trying really hard to get with Beyonce. That's exactly what I said. (laughs) He thinks this is the way. She's obviously not impressed. She wasn't impressed in 2009 and she's not impressed now. I just don't understand what it is with him and Beyonce. She's married. He's married. I don't know. It's not like he worked on her songs or her videos that he should feel that personal about it. Right. And like we talked about with Tim and Carson, Beyonce's album, the biggest thing about it was the way it was released. Drunken Love was big and that won a Grammy and Beyonce won other Grammys last night. So I don't think he should be too upset about it. I think we've already spent more time than he deserves talking about him. Another one of my favorite performances was Eric Church. Did you get to see him? Yeah, I was pretty close for that. And I forgot to list that as one of my favorites, but it definitely was because I've heard the song so many times and I think I've seen it on other award shows, but the video montage that he had during this performance was basically of cities all over the world getting destroyed by war and all sorts of stuff. And then at the end, you see the cities starting to get rebuilt. And I never thought of the song in that way before. Yeah, that was a nice touch. I never thought of it in that way either. You know, people really like to generalize country music as not being that deep. And in a lot of ways, that's true. And songs that are popular tend to always be about trucks, as I think we've also discussed. But (laughs) and then there's also, I feel like, a lot of songs about hometowns and, you know, going home. And I could probably name 100 songs that talk about my hometown. But this really made it stand out. Yeah, I was really bummed that he did not win. Or Dirks. I was pulling for him or Dirks. I saw Dirks Bentley and his wife shaking some hands with people, and it seemed like people were saying to him that he was robbed. Oh, wow. Did you see Miranda and Blake at all? No, I saw her performance, but I didn't see where they were sitting. Were you close for her performance? No, and I was okay with that. Yeah, people seemed a little upset by it, especially with the swearing, at least on country music forums, people seemed upset by it. Well, I also saw people mention that I guess the TV bleeped out her swearing, but they didn't bleep out when Miley and Nicki Minaj swore while introducing Madonna. Right. So I don't know what to make of that. Where were you during Madonna's performance? Taylor was just raging. I was was... still in the back. Oh. I guess I was pleasantly surprised with that performance. I was wondering if she was going to do a totally new song or if she was going to do a mashup of new and old because I feel like... 
so much of her popularity was from her old, more famous songs. But she did her new single, which probably not a lot of people knew, but I thought she did a really great job. I was impressed too. I don't think I was expecting that much, but I was really impressed. Yeah, I honestly don't think I've heard the new song yet, but yeah, her whole performance. It was awesome. She did a good job. So when I got moved up, so first I got moved up to about halfway on the floor, which is when Lady Gaga was on. And then a couple of performances after that, I got moved up to the fourth row. But as I said, very far on the right side. So you wouldn't have seen me probably on camera. But when I first got moved to that row, they sat me in a seat that was empty. And then the person next to me said, I think someone's about to come back for that seat. And I said, oh, okay, because I would just move and they came back. And the person comes back a minute later and it's Hozier. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I didn't even know, but the person on the other side of me was his dad, who he brought as his guest. Oh, wow. And he said sorry to make you move and I said oh no problem so you didn't fangirl I guess no um things were like I keep saying so crazy on the commercial breaks I was just trying to move I wasn't even 100% processing what was happening I love when celebrities bring their parents or siblings as their dates to the Grammys or any award show because I think Megan Trainer even brought her grandpa with her as her date Ashley, did you get to see her in the audience anywhere? I saw her at the very end. As I was walking out, I saw her walking out also. But yeah, that was really crazy. I think this was Hozier's first Grammys. I think so, yeah. Well, I kind of felt like bad for him that he should have been in a better seat. He was sort of not in the best view. I don't think I saw him at all in the audience. Yeah, you probably wouldn't have because he was sitting basically where I was. So after I moved, I ended up sitting basically behind him. And then a few minutes after that, he walked over towards the middle of the room and I was just watching him. And turns out he was walking over to Taylor to talk with her. And they talked for about five minutes. And of course, everyone today is saying they're dating. (laughs) (laughs) But they were just both congratulating each other. Well, neither of them won anything, but just You know, they were excited to be there and see each other. You could tell. And she was giving him a high five. That must have been so cool to see. Watching her talk to him really just made me realize what I already knew. But it was the same as when we were all sitting in New York watching her and talk to all the other fans before she met us. The way that she acts so excited to see her friends is exactly how she acts with her fans. It's the exact same. Oh, Ashley, I wanted to ask you, speaking of Friends of Taylor's, Hunter Hayes did the pre-Grammy award show, and I know he was hosting that, and some of y'all may know him from being on the Speak Now tour with Taylor. He was one of the openers for her. Did you get to see him in the audience anywhere? I know he was there. I was actually wondering if he was there because I never saw him at all. There was a picture posted of him and um, his girlfriend, or supposed girlfriend and uh there's a picture of the two of them that i saw on tumblr today yeah i mean i assumed he was there and i was looking for him he's pretty short so maybe i missed him (laughs) that's possible (laughs) maybe he was sitting next to kanye and they put all the short people in the front (laughs) yeah i would have liked to see him i didn't see him at all and i was kind of disappointed he didn't perform on the main show yeah i was i wasn't sure if he was going to be performing or even presenting on the main show but i guess they just kept it to the pre-grammy awards so there was one point during the night it was after taylor's last category was over with which she didn't win but before the show was actually over there were still a few more acts to go and i thought that she'd left her and abigail and all taylor's people and haim all walked out together and then they came back like 10 minutes later so i don't know what where they went during that time Oh, you know, I saw a short little video today of Taylor with Haim backstage. 
after she had just found out that she didn't win her last category. And it was only maybe a minute long video, but she just looked really bummed and I felt bad. Well, I'm sure Taylor was very happy for Sam Smith, but she just looked bummed in the video. Did you get to see Sam Smith up close at all? No, not really. I'm not sure where he was sitting, but I was just thinking, isn't it crazy? And I feel like I may have said this last week, but that just a year ago, he was performing on the Red Tour and we had never heard of him. And now he just won so many Grammys. It's crazy. Yeah. Taylor knows talent when she sees it. She should be the head of a record label or something because she's really helped launch so many careers. I really also feel like the Grammys has a tendency to sort of get obsessed with a new artist and give them a ton of awards all in one year and then not really pay much attention to them after that. It's crazy to me that the last album of Taylor's that she won all her awards for was Fearless. Yeah, that's a good point. And she was a relative newcomer at that point. I mean, she had her first album before it, but that was the first album that was having tons of hit singles and radio play and music videos and they decided that was her year and gave her all these awards. And I mean, even though I think 1989 is her best album yet, each album has still had songs and things that were definitely worthy of winning. And I feel like they think she's won enough or something. That's exactly what I was going to say. It's like, oh, she's won enough awards. Let's give it to somebody else. But just because she's won a lot doesn't mean she shouldn't win. Yeah. And it's usually kind of like Tim and Carson said on our bonus episode how it's sometimes these indie acts you've never heard of or kind of obscure acts or songs. I don't know, but the fact that Max Martin just won his first Grammy last night after he's been around for so long and produced hundreds of songs kind of shows no matter how hard you work and how many hits you produce, sometimes it just takes time. So I guess we should just feel lucky that Taylor already has seven. Well, that was another thing I was going to comment on is they didn't actually announce the nominees for his award. They just said congratulations to Max Martin. And then right after that was Taylor's category. So I just thought that Shake It Off was definitely going to win. Oh, wow. That would have been a bummer. I didn't see that on TV. They didn't show them announcing Max Martin on TV. I don't remember seeing it. They announced it. They had someone on the B stage saying congratulations to Max Martin. So I just assumed it was on the broadcast. It was really short. Yeah, it might have been. I knew he had already won because Taylor tweeted about it. Oh, okay. That it was during the pre-telecast thing. But I didn't see that little bit on the B stage. Yeah, I remember it now because I remember Abigail when they had said that Abigail was sitting next to him and clapping. So I, I do remember them showing that little snippet on TV. Oh, okay. So I just thought, oh, Max Martin got just got a shout out. Now his song is going to win an award. But that wasn't what happened. That would be really depressing. I feel like he might have thought that too because, well, especially if they'd already awarded it earlier. I don't know why they announced it right then. But you're right. That just shows. I mean, he's worked with every major act out there. And a lot of the people he's worked with have won Grammys, but he hasn't. So clearly that doesn't mean that you don't have talent. Yeah. And so many artists who are really talented and well-known just go their whole careers without anything. One thing that I wanted to mention was Taylor's outfit because we didn't get to talk about it during the fashion segment earlier, but I th loved this whole outfit, dress, everything, makeup. What did you guys think? She looked like a beautiful mermaid. She did, right? I totally agree. I love her outfit. I like the whole low in the front and, you know, long in the back. 
it just helped accent and with her shoes and everything like i love the whole outfit it was flawless flawless is exactly the right word to describe it the dress was from ellie saab the spring 2015 collection and then her shoes which were crazy they don't have a heel on them they're pink they look like they're five inch heels without an actual heel they are the Giuseppe Zanotti concave wedge sandals. She also wore Lorraine Schwartz jewelry. And I heard her on the red carpet listing all of these and she said, I got them all. And she was really impressed that she remembered everything. <laughs> Even the jewelry. Yeah, I was really thankful that she presented the first award so I could see what she was wearing because I didn't get to see any of the red carpet. Yeah, because you didn't have your phone. So I didn't even know what to look for as far as what color she was to try and find her in the crowd. Yeah, that was good. I think they put her on first just for you. I think they did. That was nice of them. I thought she looked great. People were comparing her to Elsa from Frozen. She was liking <laughs> photos on Tumblr of it. So accurate. I mean, a little bit shorter hair, but pretty on point. So after the ceremony was over, did it just seem like a flock to the exits? Or did people stick around? No, everyone ran out. Taylor and Abigail and Haim went out, actually up on the stage, and then I guess out through the backstage area. Is that where all the other celebrities all exited in that general vicinity and not with the general public? Pretty much, yeah, but she was the absolute first to leave, and her bodyguard made sure of that, it seemed like. Hmm. Probably because she would have gotten mobbed if she stayed at all. Yeah, I'm sure there would be people waiting around and, like, not leaving until she left. Yeah, it was really crazy getting out of there. There were some after parties going on, and the whole downtown L.A. was pretty much shut down and just people in the streets oh, everywhere. Wow. Yeah. Taylor attended an after party with Jamie King and Abigail, and she wore this really pretty black dress. It's the Philip Plain pre-fall collection. Pre-fall. Oh, it's not even <laughs> summer yet. <laughs> But she looked gorgeous there, too. And that was when she met up with Diplo. <laughs> oh, Diplo. <laughs> what a guy. So was the closest in proximity you were to her when you were sitting in Hozier's seat? Yeah, I guess at that point we were about maybe 20 seats apart. Okay. The thing is, and like people ask me, if you were that close, why didn't you just try and go over to her? And... The thing with being a seat filler is that they gave us these red wristbands and also made us wear these red pins on our dresses at the top. So we really stuck out. And there were so many seat filler workers. If they saw you in the aisle at all, they would say, where are you going? Where's your seat? You don't have a seat? Okay, go to the back. Like they did not let you get anywhere. Wow. Plus, what are you supposed to do? You just walk over to her and say, hey, Taylor. I know. I'm sure she would be like, hey. <laughs> she would be nice about it, I bet, but her security probably wouldn't. <laughs> no, I don't think so. So overall, would you recommend that people try to do the seat filling job? Yeah, I mean, if you can and if you get picked, it's definitely a once in a lifetime type of experience. I would say, especially if you're doing one in LA, wear sunscreen, bring water with you. Just be prepared to be standing and waiting and outside possibly for a long time. And it sounds like, because I've talked to people that have done other shows besides the Grammys, every show is kind of a different experience. So if you like award shows, there's really no reason not to do it because it's a free ticket to really good entertainment. A rage fest. Rage fest. Absolutely. Well, is there anything we missed asking you about that we should have? Uh, 
I don't know. I feel like I got everything. I still feel really strange that last night I was at the Grammys and tomorrow I have to go back to my boring life. <laughs> That's a bummer. I didn't want to leave California. It was beautiful. I wanted to stay forever. I would not want to leave either. It's freezing. But the good thing is, while Ashley was out there for the Grammys, she got to go to the Grammy Museum to see Taylor's exhibit. So on our next episode, she's going to be telling us all about it and what you can expect if you go, what you're missing out on seeing if you're not going, like me. And I posted some pictures from it, just a few, because I have some I want to talk about more on the episode. But you can go to twitter.com slash swiftcast13 and go to the tweets from yesterday, Sunday morning, and see a lot of pictures that I posted. I would still be in the exhibit right now if I could. <laughs> I never wanted to leave. We got there about an hour before the museum was closing. And even though her exhibit is only on one floor, it was not nearly enough time. You could probably stay in there all day and just read the entire, any portion of the exhibit and just stay there, not go home. I know. And then when you get done, read it again and then go watch the videos again. <laughs> the floor is circular too. So I really felt like I didn't know where to, to look every second. I felt like a dog, like just running around, just way too excited. <laughs> I thought of something that I didn't get to ask earlier. Was there anyone else as far as seat fillers go or anybody else that was attending that you knew that was at the Grammys? As I mentioned earlier, T-Swift LA, her name is Ashley, was there. She was the only person that I knew. But everybody was really nice. You kind of make friends with the people that you end up sitting with. And it's a good experience. Everyone is just really excited and enthusiastic. And even though everyone might be there supporting different artists, people are all respectful of each other. And it was just overall really great. And I'm sure there's probably like an age range too. It's not all like, you know, everyone's the same age. It's probably a variety as far as seat fillers, all the other I guess one thing I didn't mention, I kind of did, but I just wanted to touch on it more, is that at least all, all of the celebrities that I saw who had seat fillers near them were very, very nice to them and didn't treat them like, oh, you're beneath me because you're not a celebrity. Everybody was just acting like we're all there as the same type of guest. And even Neil Patrick Harris, I saw him helping people into their seats and helping them get out of the row if they needed to move, and he was very nice to everyone around him. He seems like he would be a sweetheart. He was also on his phone almost the entire night, which I thought was funny. And I kept looking over and seeing him laughing. And then I went on Twitter today and apparently he was live tweeting the whole show. So he had some funny <laughs> tweets if you want to go read those. I'm excited to see him host the Oscars. Should be good. Oh, yeah. I, I totally forgot he was hosting that. Maybe he was getting his jokes warmed up from this. <laughs> well, before we leave you guys... I want to just actually leave you with a quote in case you're feeling bummed about Taylor not winning her three categories yesterday. This is a quote from The Guardian about the Grammys for 2016, and I just want to read it to you guys. Taylor Swift will rule the 2016 Grammys. With her album 1989, almost 6 million global sales and counting, released too late to be eligible for this year's awards, it feels like Taylor's three nominations for Shake It Off this year are a mere prelude for the dominance that should take place in February 2016. This was all but confirmed when she announced she wouldn't be performing this year. With 1989 boasting two U.S. number one singles already and having spent 10 weeks, almost 11, topping the album charts, it feels like the campaign is only just getting started. Expect that Taylor's acceptance speeches this year, should she make any, which sadly she did not. 
to feature a very knowing sense of this is nothing. Just wait until next year when I'm clumsily holding 10 gold gramophones while trying not to drop one. So I don't know that we can expect her to get 10, but I think next year will be Taylor's year. I just don't see how she cannot come out with a single Grammy next year. It's long overdue, and no matter what you try and say, no album has come close to doing what 1989 has done, even in years, let alone in not even five months. Exactly. And what it's going to continue to do throughout the next months and singles she's going to release, style is already tearing up the charts. I think she'll have several nominations and wins next year. Another thing probably to note is just that this was the first year that she was completely in the pop category. So maybe the Voting Academy is still getting used to it. That's a good point. I mean, she may have had some pop nominations in the past, but she also was in the country mix. So it was kind of like she was really neither one. So now I think they're really starting to see her as a full-fledged pop artist. For now, though, we can look forward to the British Awards. I'm very much looking forward to them. But I'm really bummed she didn't perform because now Nate will not do the entire fashion segment (laughs) next week. That's true. I'm also bummed about that bet being tossed out the window. We'll just make him do it anyway. (laughs) Well, as Ashley mentioned earlier, if you want to get in touch with us, contact us on our Twitter at SwiftCast13. Email us at theswiftcast13 at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash theswiftcast. And you can visit our website at swiftcast13.com. Thank you everyone for joining us for this really exciting episode. Be sure to tune in next week to hear about Ashley's experience at the Grammy Museum. It's going to be good. So for episode 93, this has been Steph. Ashley. And Ashley. See you next week. Thanks, guys. (laughs) Bye, guys. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of SwiftCast. Visit us on the web at theswiftcast.com. The theme song for SwiftCast was written and performed by Sydney and Chuck. SwiftCast is not directly affiliated with Taylor Swift, Big Machine Label Group, or 13 Management.